He is the president of Beast Developmental and the father of NBA star Kelly Oubre Jr. We now welcome Kelly Oubre Sr. onto Hoopsology. How's it going, Kelly? Uh, everything's going fine. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you. Thanks for having yeah. me. Thanks for joining the show. Really appreciate it. So uh, one of the first questions that we ask our guests is their relationship with the game of basketball. So we'll just ask you first, when did you first fall in love with the game of basketball? And kind of when did you first kind of captured that kind of magical feeling of th this game that would be become a big part of your life? Well, first of all, let me just uh, do a, a housekeeping issue I normally do on my podcast. And just to get the audience uh in tune to the fact that I operate with, if you guys can mimic my actions, do this, do this, do this. Show me your palms, show me the back, show me your palms. That should symbolize I operate with clean hands. So whatever I tell you, it's from the heart. It's meant in good, good. It, it's meant to be uplifting and as encouraging as possible. Now to your question, when did I fall in love with it? Uh, you know, the funny thing about it was I was involved in a uh, bitty basketball. New Orleans, Louisiana, nor New Orleans Recreation Department sponsored bitty basketball, little yellow ball, lowered, lowered rim with a, a lowered backboard with this big brace they had to put on the regular size 10 foot goals. And uh, it was recreation at first, but it became more of a, a, a camaraderie piece with a lot of the guys that we grew up with who, excuse me, who, uh, who actually didn't have a, we were so young that the park is what we gravitated to. So whatever sport was in season, that was a sport we played. Sometimes we had baseball practice in the morning and football practice in the evening. If the seasons overlap, the sports overlap. So I fell in love with it because it was another way for me in inner city New Orleans to, to bond with my friends. And uh, it, it was a beautiful time because it, it, it was still a time of innocence. And a lot of the uh, epidemics had not struck yet. You know what I mean? Back in the, uh, we're talking the 70s. We're talking the early 80s. So during that time, it was, it was it was a very good time that wasn't inundated with any of the social ills of today and some of the things that our communities uh, all over the country have gone through or continue to go through. So I think, uh, and out of that came a lot of prominent individuals from the New Orleans area, but I knew them as little boys. We had, we had that, that kindred spirit and just simple things in common, like sports. And that's how I fell in love with basketball. And uh, through the New Orleans Recreation Department, and ironically, my son was involved in the New Orleans Recreation Department when he fell in love with basketball also, which is like a, a, a very an irony, if you will. So, um, Kelly, could you just go over, um, just doing some research on you and your son, um, mm -hmm. just the role of martial arts and how that played a role in just his um, shifting to his love of game of basketball. Um, I know that he got his black belt in karate, karate when he was eight. Um, I find that, you know, a lot of other NBA players, some of them have a martial arts background as well. How did that figure into, you know, eventually him becoming, you know, getting that passion for basketball and, um, you know, playing in the NBA? Thank you for that question. Um, sometimes I, I've always had a method to my madness since 12995 when Kelly was born. I, uh, I did a lot of studying of history, a lot of research. And uh, do you guys see that pop up when it happens or no? Uh, no. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Okay, perfect. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to throw you off. But I did a lot of studying of, of, of previous civilizations and how were men, little boys, transitioned into manhood in previous civilizations. So I came across when Kelly was a baby, the Agogi principle, A-G-O-G-E. You need to look it up, take a look at it. 
a Gogi principle was almost like a rite of passage, a rite of manhood. But it, in, in, in ancient times and times to present day, it's centered around the physicality of manhood. Us standing on our square, drawing a line in the sand and defending our position based on fact, not emotion. If you look at movies like uh, 300, you look at movies like Gladiator, you see the, the kids fighting with swords at a young age. This was things that they did all day to be warriors. And it became fun to them. Now, in my mind, with Kelly, I knew I could not implement full Gogi principles because it wasn't the time for that. Because this is, we're talking ancient times and this is all they know because they had to fend off enemies at the gate. So how could I infuse a little, a little sense of, of combat, the combative mentality you know, where he could harness and control, it could it could help him with discipline, and he could be doing it and make it fun at the same time. Because one thing about growing up, you know, as I did, I had my fair share of uh, physical altercations. And once I got punched in the mouth and I tasted blood and it didn't kill me, I realized, you know what, this is not the end all be all and this didn't break me. So I, I could live another day, put it that way. Now, from that point forward, do I want to live physically, mentally, or a combination of the both? Uh, of both. So how could I infuse this principle in my son in a rudimentary form where it could be applied to present day and he could use it as a positive springboard going into whatever he wanted to do moving into the future? But at least at a young age, he had that as a foundation piece, foundational piece to refer back to. And it's funny because with his black his black belt in Taekwondo, he wanted to quit towards his second to last belt. And I made a deal with him. I says, look, um, I've had my Gogi principle working the whole time since the first class. Sparring and all that stuff when he went through all those different levels of belts. He didn't know that because he was too young to know that. But I had a blueprint in play. Beast Developmental was in, in the works here. So what I did was I made him a deal. I says, look, um, if you get your black belt, you don't have to get any of the degrees that come with it because I wanted to use that as a foundational piece moving forward into life. And I said, at that point, you can do whatever you want to do. Sports, piano, song, dance, ballet. I don't, I don't care. The foundation's already set as far as I'm concerned. I have a reference point I can always go back to and bring him back to center, if you will. In the event times got tougher later on and he was at that crossroads again where he had a decision or do I quit or do I persevere? Well, look, you persevered here and you wanted to quit. So let's apply that same mentality to this situation. If you're in doubt, let's talk about it. And if you make a strong enough point, I may have to pull back and say, OK, if this is what you really want to do, knowing what you've done in the past, I can respect your decision now for the right reasons because it's based on logic and not emotion. And you can articulate your thoughts because you've had success when failure was right there for you to choose either or. So I hope I answered your question the best I could um, with regards to the Agogi principle in my mindset at the time since he was born. And after that, ironically, his sport became basketball because up to that point, I had him in my pocket the whole time anyway, coming to the gym with me, he was a baby. And watching us play basketball, grown men, a bunch of washed up daddy coaches. But I was playing with former pros. I was playing with college guys. I was playing. And he was just watching the whole time. And I would bring him to the gym. I brought him everywhere with me. Everywhere. So 
that was the 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 the, the opening to his basketball experience. And I honestly, a culmination of how I transferred the beauty of the game right there to him. Kelly, let me ask, um, you know, I have, I have two kids, I have a father, um, and I'll be looking to, you know, steer my kids towards athletics in, in some point. And um, I think, um, you know, I, I wonder what your thoughts are on, you know, as someone who has a professional athlete as a son, what mm-hmm. there's, there's been debates. Uh, I'm sure you're well aware of this of specificity versus like generalizing for developing athleticism, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. dipping your toes, a lot of things, or being a specialist in one given sport. Can you talk about just your, your feelings on that? And in terms of developing athleticism, developing, uh, even more broader, just, you know, greatness as a human being. Uh, Matt, let me ask you a question, a personal question. Boy or girl, or boy and girl, or boys or girls? Your kids. Both, both, boy, boy and girl. girl. Yeah. This, okay, from daddy to daddy. First of all, congratulations. Thank you. I, I, is that in the background? I hear kids. Uh, maybe. I, I hope you can't right. hear them, but <laughs> yes, right. they're they in the house. Right. Okay, all right. Um, First of all, what I want you to do, boy and girl, is to whatever you choose, keep it fun. Second of all, let them learn the rules as they go. Because what I find about uh, coming up in the ranks, I was the guy willing to work the clock. I was the guy willing to step in and referee. I was the guy willing to do the books. Hell, I was the guy willing to coach. I was that guy. But I did it for all the right reasons, not because I wanted to be biased or gain an advantage in any one of those places. But it forced me to pay attention to and appreciate the referees that I had issue with when I was playing. Mm -hmm. Because I wasn't big enough. I humbled myself in the moment to go to organizations. What do you need? Do you need anything? Not asking. I don't want your shoes. We don't want your money. I don't want any of that. All I want is for Kelly the stage. Matt, put them on the stage. Mm-hmm. Let them see what the stage, all the workings of the stage. You know, um, the curtain guy, uh, the, 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 the guy who preps the stage, the, the actor, the director, the producer. That's just uh, uh, trying, to, trying to bring my point about all the moving parts, the common man up to what we call the CEO, if you will. Well, I have this analogy about that, and this is a perfect thing to pass on to your kids like I'll pass on to Kelly. I want you to respect everyone in the building because I call it the uh, janitor-CEO concept. CEO's on the 10th floor, janitor's on the first floor, a fire breaks out on the fifth floor. Who are we calling to get out of the building if we're from five on up? We're calling a janitor. But leading up to the fire, everybody called on the CEO to make decisions for the building because now the CEO is calling for the janitor. So in that moment, it's almost like a role reversal of who's important and who's not. Who's in power, who's not. First law, 48 laws of power, never outshine the master. First, you got to establish who the master is. So with regards to your kids and how I raised my son, I try to speak from experience, okay, and convey that so I'm not pulling stuff out of the sky or statistics show four out of five doctors. I don't hear all that. Let me tell you how I did it. I always, like I said, kept him in my pocket, and I was always willing to explain to him situational basketball, situational taekwondo, agogi principles, 
speaking in terms of you will as opposed to you the man or coaches tripping. We don't make excuses in this house. Even to this day, he relies on those principles when he's being interviewed. He's interacting with coaches. Coaches come up to me all the time. You know, he's very respectful and he's been respectful through the years. Um, even in the most trying of times, if you will, because I was never a daddy who compromised myself by leading with my hand out. Therefore, I never compromised him where he could come back to me and one day say, daddy, you know, somebody told me you took money or you took inducements for me to be in this situation. No, it was never that. Because I always let it be known when I walked in, Matt, on day one, Kelly may play on your team or be part of your organization, but his debt is going to be paid in his current sweat equity. That's it. So don't think you you found him or you're going to be tied to him at the hip forever. You can introduce him to your little friends. No, 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 no. Everything comes through me, the front door. But I had to, Matt, also not be Jurassic in the process, and I had to learn and grow with him as the game changed for him and his eyes. Because I can't Mm. keep talking about a high school situation and he's in college. I can't talk about college right now and he's in the pros. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, the people I meet on the way up too, in every aspect of the game, I got to walk it like I talk it or practice what I preach. So, the message I would like for you and my other trusted advisors, because you are a trusted advisor in their eyes, because you are their point of contact that they can trust with that biological connection that they will need forever. Is it going to be a marathon and not a sprint? Of course it will. Will you get this golden rain, this this, this leprechaun uh, gold pieces at the end of the rainbow? No. You You might be lucky to get a gold tone watch out of it. You know, and that might be the nicest watch you have in your collection at some point. So just polish that gold tone watch. <laughs> For your services, sir. <laughs> or that pair of socks or that tie, you know. But I think to your point and to, to the point I'm making, um, because I get emotional about this when parents ask me about this, because I know what it means to them, the sacrifices that happen every day. And sometimes I get these well, you're a single father. No, I'm a father who happens to be single. You know, so the single fatherhood definition works for the single motherhood definition. But it also works for the two-parent household definition also. You know, mm-hmm. we have to be in these situations based on circumstance or a catastrophic event. But that happened already. What's going to happen from this point forward? So from daddy to daddy, I think... Help them appreciate everything they can at a young age because in ninth grade, everything changes anyway. Because in ninth grade, <laughs> you know what happens? Let me tell you what happens. <laughs> you meet that kid from around the corner, right? <laughs> who, yep. who it's obvious that the next three years, he's going to give somebody hell. All right? Because <laughs> he was already on the AAU circuit and walked into high school with two boxes full of letters already. So he was that kid around the corner nobody ever saw. But he was already in the Nike and Adidas uh, 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 summer ball leagues his whole throughout his middle school years. So those kids who were incoming freshmen with him in high school, no, they didn't know him, but they got to know him very quickly when basketball season started. Because he was the kid still gone every weekend, but he was the kid showing up to play, and he he had something extra about him. Therefore, he was that alpha male, if you will, with – a gogi principles tied in every step of the way. So boy and girl, 
The young ladies have an uh, a interesting path outside of the boys, but the boys have an interesting path too because in both situations, nothing's guaranteed. Therefore, nurture her femininity, okay? Nurture his masculinity, you know? I don't know if mom's involved or whatever, but I think mm-hmm. that we have we have to... We have to make sure they understand their position, not only in in their childhood state, but as they mature into their their adulthood. So so we can't look in the mirror and say, you know what, damn, I think I did my kid a disservice by lying to them too long ago about the requirements of life itself, not sport, life. Right. Well, we can use sport as that vehicle to convey our messages like I did with Kelly. I hope I answered your question. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you. Um, Kelly, um, I just wanted to ask you, you mentioned AAU, and I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on just how Kelly went through that system because I I talked to other friends of mine who are not really sports fans, and they they seem not to really understand just the role AAU plays in, in all sports. Um, can you just kind of explain how that was a big, um, I guess, formulation of his development um, into him playing um, at Kansas and him in up in the pros? Okay. The thing it did for Kelly um, early on in life was he was exposed to a lot of the guys he's playing in the NBA with right now. That's what AAU does. You see him in the baby stages. You see the puppies. You see the guy, the gangly guys who – are tripping over their feet with a size 15 shoe in the second grade, that type stuff. But now you look at them now, their bodies have caught up to their feet. And, hey, man, I remember you. Remember when we were in fourth grade and we saw each other for the first time? The conversation, and that, that's what AAU does as an introduction piece. Now, AAU is kind of three-dimensional. Let me break it down for you. AAU is an introductory piece to – some of the guys that will be quote unquote anointed along the way, because a lot of those guys will make it, but a lot of those guys will fall off for various reasons. So I think as a trusted advisor, which I am to Kelly, which I I, I try my best to encourage parents or people with biological connections or close to athletes for the right reasons to maintain that positional power, make it a parallel journey. Don't make it a singleized journey for the athlete because He's going to need somebody every step of the way, preferably somebody who's been there from the beginning so they can refer to points along the way to bring them back to center or to to know those same people he knows, too. Which brings me to the second phase, the middle phase. We're talking, okay, from the AAU circuit, you still have to go to middle school. You still have to go to high school. And therein, that parallel journey begins, I spoke about a little earlier, where These guys walking into the ninth grade were already, if they weren't anointed, they were on the radar. Okay, there's something different about him or her. So with that being said, that's that middle ground you must walk. And the third dimension is, let's say they make it to college and get a degree out of it. That, to some people, is success enough. Not only because it has to be, and it's obvious that they're not going any further in the game, but... For with that piece of paper, they can walk into, let's say, the way it used to be, a job situation. Now, a podcast situation, 
or a degreed introduction situation through the alumni with people they met along the way as they were building relationships the whole time. So if we look at introductions to relationships in the first dimension with the athletes that they grew up with, middle school, same introduction, see the same guys now, the influx of high school situations, introductions or, or, or um, friends into the picture, coaches into the picture, styles into the picture of everybody, expectations into the picture, into that upper level, upper echelon, college and beyond, it's all building blocks along the way that young athletes and trusted advisors, because I try to promote the two, because I refuse to be another parent sitting by watching some kid who, who can drop 40 a night, but he's getting funded by a hidden hand. And he's going home to God knows what, because let me just say in Kelly's situation, everything was cute until draft night. Everything I was doing was because a crazy man was doing it. And are you making him do this or is he doing this because he wants to? It's funny how those questions went away on draft night. Because all of a sudden, oh, you were serious the whole time. Yeah. You know, well, damn, how do we how, how do we how do we hold on to this moving train now? I said, well, I hope you have strong arms because we're not slowing down for anybody, you know, and this was an extension to family and friends, family, I'm sorry, and perceived friends or some people who I consider justifiers, not clarifiers, because a trusted advisor is a clarifier. I can clarify a thousand times information that we know to be true. A justifier has to keep trying to justify why they've shown up all of a sudden and why they're here and why they should stay, you know, because basically the diamond doesn't know you, the athlete doesn't know you, the trusted advisor doesn't know you. Where the hell did you come from and who sent you? And what do you want? Because once again, not only are you a justifier, you're also one of many now. Because I got a lot of people showing up on draft night or upon my college graduation when I, I or, or on draft night when I went undrafted and I still got to prove myself. Now, all of a sudden, I still get justifiers coming in because, man, I knew you were going to make it the whole time. Stop lying, man. Stop, stop lying. You know, stop lying. So um, the process, I try to do things in a three-dimensional process because the third dimension a lot of times is not totally complete yet. Like in our situation, Kelly's still a pro. He's still in his career, and it's been a, a healthy graduation every step of the way. And I hope I did the best I could by showing you the introductions in, in, in the younger years turned into a parallel introductions uh, uh, in the middle years, which graduated into that 0.003% of the guys who actually make it to the pros for various reasons. Because this is damn near like a gauntlet that they're running with all these snakes, pits, uh, uh, what do they call it? The, the Iron Man competition or yeah. or uh, CrossFit or something like that, you know, just or, or a combination. What's the thing on TV uh, where the stuff is coming at you? You know, that's oh, kind of what it's like. Ninja Warrior. Yeah, wipeout. It's like, it's like <laughs> yeah. that's, that, that's in a nutshell. That's what it, This shit is wipeout. I don't mean to curse. This is wipeout, dude. All right. This is wipeout. So, Matt, get your kids ready for wipeout, all right? 
<laughs> Let him go in the back. No. <laughs> the ropes. <laughs> this is wipeout, man. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's it in a nutshell. Wipeout. <laughs> Kelly, you brought up um, draft night earlier. Can you just take us through what your mentality was? You must have been so proud during that night. Usually, we see it from like the players' perspective, what they were going through. What about yourself? What were you going through during that night? What were your emotions? What was that that feeling when you finally heard his name called? Well, I don't want to sound arrogant. I'm just going to sound confident with this. It was almost like, well, okay, we're supposed to be here. And his mom looked across the table. She says, why aren't you, why aren't you crying? I says, well, because I had custody of Kelly since he was three years old. And it's not a diss to his mom. She saw the fact that I'd probably do a better job raising a young man. And I told her, look, let me take this. Let, 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 let me take care of this. And the door is always open, always, always willing to bring him back in the world, whatever, whatever. But um, so kudos to his mom. Uh, that night, it was a culmination of it was going to be dessert or it was going to be disaster. That was it. Um, the big talk was would he go in the lottery, the draft lottery, the first fifth, 13 or 14. My thing was I was more concerned about fit than the lottery because, ironically, a lot of the guys that went before him, they have one foot out of the league right now or they're on one-year deals, or one guy has gone overseas already who was drafted very high in that draft. So when people get, get into this lottery talk and, uh, you know, is that going to be the success we talked about? I got to be a lottery pick. Okay, well, you might be very mindful of where you end up as a lottery pick fit-wise because they may be stacked two or three deep in that position you're walking into. And – you may not see your second contract for various reasons because technically your wipeout is still continuing. So that whole I've arrived mentality, well, your bank account may have arrived, but you still are a baby in an incubator or you're at the beginning stages of the next phase of wipeout, you know, and I hope you're ready for it because the you the man speeches won't help you. The phone calls won't help you. You have to go and play amongst grown men now who realize that you are there to replace them. So that puts things into perspective really fast. And hopefully, once again, as I tie back to Beast of Elemental and my motto, I hope you have a trusted advisor every step of the ways that you can call back to to explain the new things you see now through your lens. And they can bring you back to center and y'all can grow together because both of y'all should have been learning along the way. And not just listening to all the praise and all, all the trophies and all the, the new friends you have. All that stuff is is it really doesn't have any hold any weight when you step into these professional locker rooms because these are grown men. And uh I'm just gonna say this because I've I full transparency, like I said, some guys have been anointed to be in those positions, even though they have no leadership skills. They've been handed the ball. They've been guaranteed we're gonna run 20 play, we, we're gonna run plays for you. And if you want to sit on the ball and and and, and kill shot clocks and take the sec the, the shot you want, we'll live with that too. Some guys just won't be that guy. Since you're here, you can be that guy for us because we drafted you so high and we have to justify the pick, and we also have to justify your payroll. So that's the reality of how this works. Now once again, you know, you can go back to that coach's tripping nonsense, but actually coach doesn't care and coach probably doesn't even know you. 
you know. So therefore, what do you bring differently to the team? Can you are you coachable? You know, do you understand what true assistant coaches can do for you? Because they can be great conversational guys about systems and what was here before you showed up, Mr. Five Star, Mr. College All-American. I was here or I played in the league or I've been coaching for 30 years already as an assistant coach. Hey, man, let me talk to you. Let me pick your brain about what I'm walking into, what I'm in the middle of and what you've seen along the way and how this game, this situation or this career has evolved. That's why I preach trusted advisor. I keep tying it back to Beast Developmental because you need the trusted advisor. And in career situations, to the point about your kids, Matt, they may have to gravitate to a mentor who's good at what they do, just totally outside of the workplace. And that's we, we, we as individuals, we have to humble ourselves to know when we meet good people uh, because we're willing to, to, to learn. We're spongy. All your great basketball players, football players, uh, badminton players, hockey players, they've all been students of the game, students of a career, willing to do the things and sacrifice themselves along the way for the riches that come with it. That could be monetary riches. That could be career riches. That could be, I'm the CEO now. Damn, this is what a big office looks like. Because I've earned the right to be. I wasn't given this. And a lot of the guys who get have things given to them too quickly, it's like that first car you get. If they gave it to you, you're not going to appreciate it, man. You're going to drive it like you stole it. You know, you're, gonna, you're not going to know how to change a flat tire. <laughs> if you earn that car, you bought that car, you know what? Damn, let me check. Now I know what tire pressure is. <laughs> you, know, you know, I know what a donut is now. You know, hundred <laughs> percent, yeah. <laughs> or, or you know, if, if you're if you're low on cash, I know what a May pop is. You know what a May pop is? You know what a May pop is, Matt? I I don't know. A, a May pop is is a tire on your car that may pop or it may not. So when you ride by, you see the guy selling those used tires. That's all May Pops, all right? <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> if that's all your pocket, that's all you can afford, you might be riding on four May Pops, is what I'm saying, guys. You know, so get ready for um, the journey, you know, as you move forward as a young athlete, a trusted advisor, you know, but be respectful of all the coaches, the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, all the people along the way, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it took me, you know, coming through the game with Kelly the second time around and realize that, you know what, let me humble myself a rehumbling, if you will. Cause a lot of this stuff I missed along the way. Cause I didn't have a trusted advisor or I, I didn't have the age to see it through, through, through another eye, set of eyes or this, this lens, this, this graduate elevated or mature lens I have now. Um, I have another question for you, Kelly. Um, it's no secret your son um, has tons of highlights in the league, and I just want to get your opinion. Yeah. What has been your favorite highlight so far? I mean, there's just so much posters he's done on people, um, just so many kind of jaw-dropping moments so far in his career. Does anyone stands out to you as this? You're like your mouse on the floor. You're like, holy cow! <laughs> he just um, probably like, the first time he he dunked on somebody in the eighth grade, and me talking him up to that moment. And uh, I think it, because the ones he, the, the things that he does now, 
I I'm his dad first and foremost because if he sees me in a fanboy role, that might change things with our relationship. So I'm daddy first and foremost. So the most proud moments was when he did it in the eighth grade. And he was respectful. And I told him, the first time you do it, okay, it's cute. But this is how I want you to do it. I want you to flip the point guard at half court because he was long already. He was getting there. He was aggressive because of his karate. And I told him to tip up, tip drill, tip up, flip him, get it, go dunk. He did it. I said, the first time is going to be cute. The second time, he's not going to want the ball anymore when you come around. That's the fear. That's the, that's the way you impose your will on the dominant ball, ball handler. You make him think about his moves. Because one thing got about a good point guard, you can't speed him up. But if the pressure is defeating him and he's failing under the pressure you're imposing on him, then you're going to make him do something he's not used to doing. Good point guards, they don't think. They just play. They've, they, they've grown into that space. They, they, have some, they have some basically some little junior wizards in the NBA right now and in college. You can't strip them if you try because they know positioning of body, uh, body between man and ball. They know distance. They know gauge. They know angles. They attack shoulders. Me and Kelly talk situational basketball all the time. And he can pretty much tell me why he commits fouls now. Because I was under, I broke discipline for five seconds. I got greedy and I shot on him when he wasn't ready or it was too early in the shot clock. Because at some point, see, because the point guard can see something you can't. He can see the whole other nine guys. As a defender, all you can see is him. So looking at it that way, it's just you and him on an island at that point. So that's why Kelly doesn't get killed when he gets caught in switches because he can go from the one to the two to the three to the four and sometimes the five. Because I've trained him that way. I need you strong at every position to be able to not only attack every position, but to defend every position too. So to your point, back in the eighth grade, when it, when it, let me just say this, when it meant the most, that's when, you know, I was enamored by it. And I was like, oh, okay, so you're listening. Cause it could because just it meant the most at that point. Now, Daddy, I'm hunting seven footers. All right, Kevin. That's you know, and, 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 he, and he does it, you know, no disrespect to the guys. He loves he loves, but he wants to be super competitive too. Now he's battling a bunch of knickknack injuries. Um, and I'm I'm watching him. But I, I told him, I said, look, man, just give your team, give your team what you can give your team. You know, if you can slow the other guy down and keep him under average by 10 points, you've given your team what you can give your team. Maybe you can't produce on an offensive end, but this is a dynamic here in Golden State, whereas if you give your team what you can give your team, you have guys around you that are coachable guys under Coach Kerr and his staff. This is a different dynamic that he's never been used to because the last two stops, it was ball-dominant guys or, quite frankly, Everest, don't be mad at me. A lot of guys just want to be the best player on a bad team. Let me just say that. And they're comfortable with that because they get paid. They get to look good every night. But team success is, that's y'all's problem, not mine. I got my money. So to put it in perspective, with, like I said, with all due respect, even to respect to those guys, because those guys make those guys who are not in that position even hungrier, even want to succeed more because 
it's it's funny, you know, about knowing who the hot guys are, and 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 because the athletes know before anybody does. So, mom and daddy, you can drive to the game with that you the man speech all you want, but see that kid number five, I can't do anything with him. So on the way home, y'all can fuss at me if y'all want. I did the best I could, and he lit me up for fifty. But like I told y'all before the game started, I can't do anything with him. He's on some other stuff. So when it meant the most, Justin, that's what it meant them. When it meant the most to him, that's what it meant the most to me. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, Kelly, I want you to go into detail about Beast Developmental. You mentioned it earlier. What are the things that from raising Kelly, um, just your son, went into creating and um, crafting Beast Developmental and your vision for that? Well, I want, like I said, I wanted to make it not so singular, you know, and more of a unit, of a, 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 a position where a support mechanism was already in place. We know you as an athlete, if you, let's say you're of a certain height, you know, uh, of a certain skill level developed over time due to various reasons, you'll, you'll, you'll get some looks, you'll get understood, you'll, you'll be anointed, if you will. Somebody's going to you know, want to claim you. I found that kid. I was the first one to see him, yada, yada, yada. You know, but at the same time, it's best to understand that having somebody next to you who can talk to you at one, two, three, four, five o'clock in the morning when you've had your worst game of your life, you're broken, but you got to build it back up very quickly because you can't stay broken for very long. Using that as a uh, a reference point or as a point of contention to have a conversation in real time about is what you want to be as a trusted advisor. Because Beast Developmental, we're here for the support to support the trusted advisors first. While they support the Young Diamond and we can support the Young Diamond too. I look at it like a little triangle. If you look at my diagram, and I was thinking about this, okay, how can I... It was, it was me fighting with this thing for about five years. About how can I streamline the logo to get all the minutiae out of it? I can have 10,000 things. Uh, 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 but Beast Development at the top, acting as a drone, hovering over the whole logo and all the entities. The diamond in the middle, inside three very thick walls. That's his castle. To the right, trusted advisor. So between Beast Developmental, the drone, the diamond, and trusted advisor, we formulate a triangle of support. Under that is his peers, okay? Because we want our young diamonds to understand. We will always support you, and we will always view you as a cut above your peers. The peers are great for motivation, but they're also great when you conquer them also. You can, do, you can conquer them respectfully, but because they're trying to conquer you. So that's why I strategically place them subliminally underneath the diamond at all times if you go up to the left we're going clockwise you see trusted i mean uh, uh governing bodies that's who we answer to as grown men our bosses that's the entities in which we play that's the ncaa nba any entity that you have to answer to who sets forth the laws that we have to adhere to or there will be consequences or there will be accolades given if you do everything to the letter so that's the breakdown of my logo and Beast Developmental. And each part of that is streamlined. It's concise. It serves a purpose. It's pretty much, I've trimmed all the fat 
off the logo, off the premise, off the concept. Because I want to get down to the things that matter the most. What matters the most is Visa Elemental, we oversee it as a drone. You as a diamond encasing your walls, protected, but understanding that you are a diamond. You could be a, you could be a rock. No, I want you to be a diamond because diamonds hold weight in our society. Trusted advisor to the right because support systems are here for you at 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning. I don't care what time it is. Just call me. Peers at the bottom because that's where they need to be. Let's be real. You want your competition at the bottom. All right. And you can you can have fun. You can have friends. But when the game starts, hey, man, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to have to take care of this game. And we can talk about it after the game. And that governing body piece, the coaches, the organization, that has to be respected because they've earned the right to be respected. They've they've set forth the parameters in which these athletes or in a career setting, employees have to play by. So they must be respected. We might not always agree with it, but we got to respect the fact that they built this house that we're playing inside of. So let's be real with that and let's not get into that well, this place will burn down if I leave. No, it won't. No, it won't. Your replacement is in the break room right now eating a ham sandwich, you know. You know that, that's it. So that's the premise behind Beast Developmental. And I wanted to, once again, keep this thing as streamlined and skinny and as understandable to a, a toddler, you know, or somebody in their 70s or 80s who want to adapt this and incorporate this into how they do their daily works. Gotcha. Well, Kelly, thank you very much for joining the show. Really appreciate it. Please let our listeners and viewers know where they can find you on social media and what projects you're working on with Beast Developmental and anything else you're working on this year. Got a book coming out uh, latter part of the year, probably December 2021. That's that's our shoot date. Um, We've been busy with podcasts, of course. I'm talking to anybody and everybody, letting them know. I probably give away more information than I try to monetize. Um, quite frankly, we have other things going on, but it means most to me to at least put uh, parents, if nobody else, or those that really care about the kids genuinely who can't be compromised in positions of the power that they already have. They just don't, they don't, they don't know they have it yet because there's no, no greater power to a young athlete than a parent right there with them who's not willing to throw in their face how much it costs to fund these activities. They don't want to hear that. So Absolutely. what? You know, who cares if you just burn two tanks of gas in three states? You know, all I want to know is where's McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey dad, you know you passed three McDonald's already, right? <laughs> I used to do that to me, man. Daddy, you know you passed three McDonald's already. I know, I know I've had three McDonald's. <laughs> So, so, uh, or Whataburger was just thing in Texas. Daddy, you passed two Whataburgers. All right. Um, but yeah, at Beast Developmental is where you can find us on social media. Um, we're here. Uh, 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 seek us out to my trusted advisors out there who really want to talk about the power you have or any pain points that you want to convert to PowerPoints. Um, give us a shout. I'll be happy to answer questions. Whatever you need, just let me know. And uh, Eris is really good. We're very prompt. We everything comes across our desk every day and we see it and we respond to it very quickly because we believe in giving information in real time, guys. That's what it's all about, you know, because I'm not going to be the one holding information over somebody's head that I know could help them in this situation, you know, because that's the sad thing about it. And I'm glad you brought that up. 
a lot of uh, uh, the sad part about it is in a lot of these situations, even with upper level guys, everybody feels they have time. I got so much time. <laughs> and I'm running the guys right now in the 11th grade in high school wishing they would have listened to me back when they were in middle school. Because they always thought they not guys so much, but parents, you know, parents are kind of they don't want to admit their mistakes. But, you know, I can tell when it's the humbling of them. Uh, yeah. Uh, give me a call. OK, well, I haven't talked to you in 10 years, but all of a sudden your son's in the 11th grade. I wonder who this call is going to be centered around. You know, another call you want me to make on your behalf? Well, at this point, with the 0.003%, it's beyond phone calls, guys. Because mm-hmm. either you orca or the shark, or you're going to be the chump. So if you've been thinking you had time until 10th, 11th grade in high school, I think uh, it might be chump time. So I think uh, just hit us up at, at Beast Developmental and uh, look out for the book, December 2021. Um, and just uh, we're here, guys. Um, I, I know this is this may come across as being different, and me operating with clean hands. But quite frankly, I think on the back the back nine, if we will, after fifty, I think it, it, it's more it, it's more important to me to to help people, you know, who may need the necessary help, you know, moving into what they want to do with their young athletes and how they want to be stronger and not Jurassic in the process themselves so they can show value every step of the way. That is what Beast Developmental is designed to do. And like I said, much respect to all those coaches out there, those organizations, those young athletes, those young diamonds, those trusted advisors, those clarifiers. And quite frankly, you know, the justifiers too, because without the guys doing all the things the wrong way, I mean, how could we shine doing things the right way? So, hey, that's what it's all about, man. Welcome to Beast Developmental. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, Kelly. Really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks very much for your time. My pleasure, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you.